Thank y'all so much. What a good reminder as we began today talking about sanctity of life, how there's value in all of us, that we are important. About the reminder that we're valuable enough that God sent His Son to die for us, that we could be redeemed. Beautiful, beautiful thought this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John. If you would, chapter 2. Now, listen, I've already told y'all that I'm excited today. Um, I hope some of y'all are excited, too. I know sometimes we get to this part of the service. All right, let's kind of settle in, slide back in the chair a little bit. Brother Zach's going to talk for a little bit, and then we're going to go home. But not today. It's not what it's about today. Today, we're looking at the Word of God. God's own Word that He gave to John that I've studied, that we could share with you, the Holy Spirit inside of me could share with you, and I pray you're excited. Have any of you ever thought before, I wonder if anybody that doesn't go to church with me looks at me and thinks that I'm a Christian. I wonder if any of my co-workers, I wonder if any of my friends, wonder if any people that I meet can tell that there's something different about me or not. Sometimes for me that, that thought comes up whenever I hear somebody talking about, whenever I hear a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or somebody talking about how there should be this joy and peace inside of us that sets us apart. And I, sometimes I think I wonder, I wonder if people that don't know that I'm a pastor when they look at me, can they see those things? Well today in John's letter we're going to see three things that he gives that that Christians should be doing. These are things that you should be doing. He says things that Christians will do. He doesn't even say should be. He says these are things that Christians will do and that lost people will not do. We're going to see three things today that if you're a Christian, you should be doing these things. And if you are not doing these things, John is very clear, you may need to look and see if you truly have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ or not. So look with me at the text, uh, John, 1 John chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3, he says, And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected, by this we may know that we are in Him. And we'll look at verse 6 in a few minutes. But I want to stop there for a moment because John, don't you just love how straightforward John is? John doesn't leave you saying, I wonder what he was really thinking. No, John says, listen, let me talk to you about keeping God's commandments for just a minute. Now, last week, John, if you weren't here last week, John's already started on this path a little bit. John started by showing us that there is there's a very clear distinction between God, who he refers to as light. In chapter 1, verse 5, he said, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. He said there's a clear distinction between God, who embodies everything that is good, everything that is righteous, everything that is perfect, light, all good. There's nothing bad in him. There's a clear distinction between God and everything that is bad whether it's death or sin or evil, all of these things are completely distinct from God. There's, there are none of those things in God, and God is not in those things. 
He says there is light and there's darkness. And he began telling us last week that if we know God, that we will walk in the light. That we won't walk in the darkness. Now, he made clear that we will sin or we may sin from time to time and that there's forgiveness for our sin. But as far as habitually, normally, the pattern would not be that God's people would walk in darkness, but they would walk in light. And so here today he continues and with this thought and now he bends it or takes it to the, the point of talking about God's commandments. Same idea, the same thesis statement. He's saying God is light. There's nothing bad in God. Everything about God is good. And so then he takes that and applies it to the commandments that God has given. He says, so if you are one of God's children, if you are walking in the light, in verse 3, we will know that we have done that. We will know that we've come to know Him if we keep His commandments. That's how we'll know. It's part of how we'll know we're walking in the light if we keep God's commandments. And then he says on the flip side of that, whoever says, I know Him, in our setting, we say whoever says they're a Christian but does not keep His commandments is a liar and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word in Him, truly the love of God is perfected. So John's clear, and I'm not going to try and, I, I don't know sometimes pastors can be accused of, I'm not going to try and make this sound a lot more technical or difficult than it is. John's clear on the first point for today. Point one, God's people will keep God's commandments. That's what John said. God has given us commandments. He's given us many of them. These are imperatives. These are teachings. These are things that we find in God's Word. Right? These are love your neighbor as yourself. This is love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is you will go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. This is you will be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses. This is the teachings that God has given us throughout His Word. These are the Ten Commandments. These are all of these things. God said, do these things. John says, if you are God's child through faith in Jesus Christ, you will keep those commands. And if you don't, then you know that you're not His. If these commandments, if the teachings of the Bible mean nothing to you, you don't strive to keep them, you don't feel a, a remorse when you don't keep them, John says that you're a liar if you say you're a Christian, because you're not. And I love this thought that John, who we talked about, walked with Jesus. Right, John saw Jesus' heart. John saw Jesus' power. And so John, for him, he doesn't understand how anybody that says they know that same Jesus that he knows. How anybody, that the Jesus that he walked with and that he listened to and that he heard, and he saw how great these commandments are, and he saw that these are life-guiding and life-giving principles. The commandments of God aren't just rules to be kept. John realizes that these are for our good and these help us to know what paths to take and what paths to stay away from. And John says, I don't understand how anybody could say that they know Jesus, could say that they've been forgiven of their sins by the blood of Jesus and not care about His commandments. That doesn't make any sense to me. And so then, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, He just says, if you say that, you say you're Christian, you don't keep His commandments, you're a liar. And then in verse 6, he goes to the second one, the second point, the second teaching, the second thing that Christians will do. He says, whoever says he abides in him, talking about God, whoever says he abides in God ought to walk in the same way 
in which he walked. Now why I say he's talking about God here? Because the controlling statement for this entire text is found in chapter 1 verse 5. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. He's taking that thought out. So now he's saying anybody that says that they are in God, anybody that says that they abide in God, stays in God, lives in God, should walk in the same way in which God walked. So what's he saying? What's he really saying here? Because we say... What do you mean, Brother Zach? What do you mean walk in the way that God walked? Well, what John is saying is that anybody that says that they're a Christian will pattern their life after the life of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what he's saying here. Anybody that says that they're a Christian will look at how Jesus lived, and they will try to live in the same way. Now, why do I say because I'm saying God and Jesus? You say, well, Brother Zach, I understand. I've, I've read in the Gospels, I, I see some of the things that Jesus did, but John says here, if you're really telling me that he's saying that whoever abides in God will try and pattern their life after God's life, I haven't seen how God lived as a human on earth, but I'll tell you that that's not true because in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, the writer of Hebrews said this, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he goes on to speak a little bit about the power of God and Jesus and how he upholds. But did you hear what he said there? He said that Jesus, the Son, is the radiance of the glory of God of God. We could spend all morning thinking about that thought. But then he continues and says, and the exact imprint of his nature. Now what's, John, what, what's the writer of Hebrews saying? The writer of Hebrews is saying that Jesus is God. They're the same. One the same. So everything that you saw Jesus do, that's what God does. How did Jesus deal with this situation? Well, whatever the answer is, that's exactly how God would deal with that situation because God and Jesus are the same. So I know I'm saying God, I can say Jesus interchangeably because the word's clear that they're the same. The exact imprint of his nature, exactly the same. So whoever says he abides in God ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. And again, I'm not going to try to make this more complicated than it is. Point two, God's people will follow Jesus' example. Jesus, right, we say, I want to be light. I am God's child and God is light and I want to be in the light. And John says, well, you know what? There is a human that walked on this earth perfectly in the light, no darkness in him, never had any darkness in him, never did a single thing wrong. You want to know what it's like to walk in the light? Look at Jesus. And so any of us that say, man, I'd really like to walk in the light. He said, well, then walk like Jesus did. Some of you have a, a favorite football player. And you say, man, I really want to be a great quarterback. So I'm going to watch everything that Brett Favre did. And I'm going to try and do it. I'm trying to throw like he threw. I'm going to try and call my cadences like he called his cadences. Right, some of you have a favorite uh, instrumentalist. I want to be a great pianist, so I'm going to try to play just like Miss Rita plays. I didn't say Brother Zach on the guitar. Y'all notice that. I'm going to move my hands like she moves her hands. 
I'm going to put my music the way that she puts her music, right? He says, if you want to walk in the light, walk like Jesus did. There's your perfect example. Never did anything wrong. John doesn't understand how anybody would say that they love Jesus and want to be like God, but wouldn't follow the, the example that Jesus gave us. But what a reminder in these first two. Just quick side note, what a reminder about how important it is to know the Bible. Right? He says, if you're a Christian, you're going to follow the commands that God has given. Where are those commands written? In the Bible. He says, if you're a Christian, you're going to live like Jesus lived. How do I know how Jesus lived? I have to know what the Bible says. How important it is, brothers and sisters. You can extrapolate from this that John's saying, if you're a Christian, you'll know your Bible. You'll read your Bible. You'll study your Bible. You'll care what the Bible says. But I want to move to the last point, third one. Begins in verse 7, goes through verse 11. I just want us to look at the first part of the verses 7 through 9. He says, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had heard from the that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Now going to stop there for a moment. I'm going to tell you, those two verses, verses 7 and 8, are pretty wordy, somewhat hard to understand. What those really are are transition verses. We could talk about that. I'm not saying they're not important, but what I'm saying is John there is transitioning from these first two points to the third point. He's introducing and setting up this, this old commandment that's given as a new commandment. That's what he's doing. And then in verse 9, he gives us the commandment. He says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Now, if you go back through this text, you'll see that he uses the same language in every one of these. Uh, in verse 4, he says, whoever says I know him, and then goes on. And in verse 6, he says, whoever says, and then he goes on to give the teaching. Again, here in verse 9, he does it. That's how we see the pattern of John's thing here. Verse 9, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, there are three things that John says today. If you are a Christian, you will follow God's commands. If you are a Christian, then you will follow Jesus' example. And if you are a Christian, you will love all other Christians. That's what John says. Now, I would venture to say that for most of us, these three things are not seen as equal. I think most of us would agree that all Christians should follow what the Bible says. That makes good sense to us. I think all of us would say that all Christians should follow Jesus' example. That makes good sense to us. But if I just walked in here without sharing this text and said to you, if you don't love all other Christians, you're not a Christian, I think some of you would say, well, Brother Zach, I think that's a little bit of an overreach. I think you're probably stepping across the line a little bit to say that if I don't love all other Christians, that I'm not a Christian. But what I'm telling you is right here in God's Word, God says this through John. 
And not only does he say that if you don't love all other Christians, you're not a Christian, but he says if you don't love all other Christians, then you hate them. You see again here, John uses these really uh, dichotomous things. He doesn't give us these in-betweens. He's saying either you love them or you hate them. There's not an in-between. If you don't love them, then you hate him. That's the, the third big idea that John gives us here, is that if you don't love all other Christians, then you're showing hate toward those Christians, and you're showing that you're not a Christian what he means here whenever he says whoever loves his brother or whoever hates his brother. He's not talking about uh, a sibling in the blood sense of a sibling. He's talking in the spiritual sense. In the scriptures we see this often. Jesus once said, who are my brother or my brothers or my sisters? He who does the will of God, right? Jesus said, my brothers, my sisters are those people that are saved by the same grace that I'm going to give to anyone. We can say the only people that are my brothers and my sisters or all the people that are my brothers and sisters are the people that belong to the same heavenly Father that I belong to, whose heavenly home, eternal home, is the same home that I'm going to. We talked about this a few weeks ago on Wednesday night. So the idea here is that if you are a Christian, that the Bible says that you should love all other Christians. Now, some people I've heard whenever there are really big statements made like this. Sometimes people will ask, I don't know why, as if part of the word is not as authoritative as the rest of it, but sometimes people say, well, did Jesus ever say something like that? Well, Jesus did. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus was pretty clear as well, wasn't he? This is how people know that you're my disciples, not that you go to church on Sunday, not that your name's on the roll somewhere, not that you listen to K-Love, not that you have really nice bumper stickers, not that you put uh, encouraging things on your Facebook feed. Jesus said, people will know that you're my disciples if you love my other disciples. And John says that if you don't love all other brothers and sisters, that not only would you show that you're not a Christian, but that you would simply show that you don't know God, that you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that you were lost. So I want to be clear here about what John is saying in this third one, because John is saying something that I think is going to be hard for some of us. When we really stop and think about it, that, that John is saying something that's very contrary to what the world says. Because the world says, society says, that people that look like you, those are your people. Right? People that think like you, those are your people. Right? Somebody says something that I really agree with, and I say, yeah, that's my boy right there. Yeah, we're on the same page. But what John says here is that the people that are your people aren't necessarily the people that look like you or talk like you or act like you or vote like you. No, the people that are your people are God's people. The ones that look like you and the ones that don't look like you. Christians that are Americans and that are other nationalities, those are your people. Those are your people more than lost Americans. That's really hard for some of us to grasp that concept, that, that somebody from China or Russia or that a North Korean Christian is more my brother or sister than my lost neighbor is my brother or sister. 
It's not about what they look like or sound like or act like. It's about the fact that they belong to the same family, through the same blood of the same Jesus, who's the only Son of God. And if they are, then you should love them. Love them. It's a big word. We should love them. So no, those of you that are asking, is there any instance, Brother Zach, where I could have ill will, hard feelings, wish bad things on another believer? I don't see in Scripture anywhere that that stipulation is given. Jesus nor John, either one gave stipulations that it will be that they will know that you're my disciples if you love my other disciples that are good to you. Or if you love my other disciples that have not been mean to you. It's not what he says. John here doesn't say, whoever loves his brother that is good to him. No, he says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. No stipulations that we should love all Christians, period. So point three, God's people will love God's people. Now, I want to share with you Robert Yarbrough. Dr. Robert Yarbrough, who wrote a commentary on 1 John, one of the ones that I've been using in this study, um, he really breaks this down in a way that was really helpful for me. I wanted to share it in case it's helpful with some of you. He, he decided to, to show us, to give us a better idea of what it might look like to hate our brothers and sisters. Because some of you, some of us, I'll throw me in here, uh, some of us sometimes hear something like this and we say, well, I don't hate them, Right? Y'all ever try that? I don't hate them. I just strongly dislike them. Y'all have tried that before? John doesn't give that option. Jesus doesn't give that option. And so, so he took Jesus' teaching. This is from Luke chapter 6, verse 22. We're not going to look there. But, but he took that teaching where Jesus is talking about the world hating Christians. And he says, these are the sort of things that Jesus talked about, not just slitting their tires or something. He said, these were the things he talked about would show that you hate somebody. That if you exclude them from things, if you insult them in any way, or if you reject them, that even those sort of things show hate. Jesus taught those as the way that the world would show that it hates Jesus' followers. That they would exclude us, that they would insult us, and that they would reject us. Not that they would kill us, not that they would fire us. Not that they would spread rumors. Even these things can show hate. And then he goes on, and this is probably my, my favorite part of his teaching uh, out of that commentary this week. He said, Failure to love as Christ commands and enables is tantamount in the kingdom economy as John presents it to hating. What's he say there? He says, If you don't love somebody, then John is showing, saying that you show that you hate them. Those are your two options. You either love them or you hate them. And I believe that John is reminding us here that if we embrace the light of God through Jesus Christ, if we embrace that, that He will transform us to love other brothers and sisters. Because some of you think, Brother Zach, there are some brothers and sisters that I know that have really hurt me before. And I don't know how I could ever love them. I'm not telling you it would be easy, but what I'm telling you is that God commands that you love them. And you say, well, how do I do that? I would say the first thing you need to do is fall on, your fall on your knees and say, Lord, I can't do this. I'm not good enough to love this person. You know what they've done to me. 
you know the sort of past that we have. God, I need you to help me. If I'm going to love them, I need you to help me to love them because I can't do it on my own. I'm just telling you, I don't know how you get from where you are to loving them, but I'm telling you this, you have to get there because John says, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that if you don't, that you shouldn't think that you're a Christian, that you shouldn't think that you're in the light, that you shouldn't think that you're one of God's children. If you can't love another Christian, if you can't love every other Christian, you should not think that you're one of God's children. It's not my words. It's not my teachings. It's the teaching of the Word of God. And we just said, we just said in point one, that we're going to follow His commands if we're His children. We just said we're going to follow Jesus' example. What did Jesus do when Peter denied him three times? Right? A brother, you don't think that hurt? Man, you've been training this guy for three years. He's seen you walk on water. And when they say, do you know him? He says, I don't know him. You don't think that hurt? But what did Jesus do? Jesus went back to Peter after he came to life. And Jesus restored Peter and called him to be part of of his ministry. Brother and sister, Jesus showed us the example and we said we'll follow Jesus' example. When they hurt you, love them anyways. So I ask you this morning, first of all, do you think that you're in the light? Because if you don't think that you're a Christian, then that's where we really need to start. If you don't think, if I said, do you have a relationship with God? I said, I don't really think I do. Or if I said, do you think you have a relationship with God? And you said, yes. And I said, did you get there because you recognize that you're a sinner and that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and died a perfect death, came back to life, and you've asked him to forgive you of your sins? And you said, no, I haven't done that. Then I would tell you, that's where you need to start. Because you're not going to love all other Christians if you're lost. We just saw that. You're not going to follow God's commands if you're lost. You're not going to follow Jesus' example if you're lost. So if you're lost... You need to start there with recognizing that you're a sinner and that you need to be saved. You desperately need to be saved. We all did before we came to Jesus. But if you do, three simple questions, and we'll end. If you do think you're a Christian, do you follow God's commands? Do you read the Word of God, and when you see something in there that's contrary to your life, do you try and put that in place in your life? Simple as that. Do you do that or not? Do you follow Jesus' example? Do you see him restoring somebody like Peter? Do you see him praying for the people when he's on the cross? Father, forgive them. Do you see these examples of Jesus' unending love and perfect nature and try to live like that? And do you love all other Christians? Could I ask you this morning to name one other Christian, another denomination, somewhere else, you used to be a member here, but to name one Christian that you don't really like and you could name one. If you do, you need to repent. I've repented of this already this week as I studied this text and it was revealed to me that if there's one other Christian that I am that I am, have any animosity toward, that I would ever rejoice from seeing something not great happen to them. If there's any Christian that I don't love the way that Christ loved his disciples that I'm doing wrong. I had to repent this week. I pray this morning if you're here and you can name one that you'd do the same because God calls us to love his children the way he loves his children. I invite you to stand this morning. We're going to have a time of invitation. You can pray and ask for the Lord's forgiveness where you are.
You can pray and thank the Lord that He loves us like He loves us, right where you are. You can come to these altars. I will pray with you. Before he prayed this prayer this week, I'll pray it with you. Ask the Lord's forgiveness. Ask His strength to love somebody that's been hard to love. If you're here and you need to enter into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I'd love to walk with you through that. Come ask me what that looks like. Let's talk about it. But if there's something that you need to do and you know that you need to do it, I pray that you wouldn't delay, that you would do that now as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation.